0: No more room in hell.
1: The dead will walk the The blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. Thanks for tuning in to Body Count, the podcast for theblackesteyes.com. My name is Philip, and on the line with me here is Scott. And we're going to talk about horror movies tonight, and we are glad that you have joined us. Scott, how are you doing tonight, bud?
0: I'm doing great,
1: Phil. How are you? I'm doing really well. Yeah, I'm doing great. And I'm excited to be on the line with you and talk about horror movies again with theblackesteyes.com. And I think tonight what we're going to talk about are – we're going to do some lists. So we're going to do our our top three favorite anthologies. And I don't know if this is one of those issues where it's going to be – we say it's our top three favorite. But is it really just the top three that at this moment we think – you know we have a strong connection to I are you able to say these are for sure without question your three favorite anthologies Let me just ask you that question first is it that is it this cut and dry for you? Uh,
0: no it's not I mean the, I picked three that that were on you know things that I'd seen first of all because there's plenty of them out there that I haven't seen but these were these are movies that I knew something about but they were I like anthology pictures. And um, it's a it, you know it's a it's a approach that I enjoy. So it, I have seen several. I've seen quite a few. I don't know if these are my top three favorites, but they are at the moment. I don't know. I, I'm even though we're saying top three, I've got maybe five in my mind.
1: And that's the way I am too. It, the same thing happens to me with theme parks. You know, <laughs> I, lo- I love theme parks, and me and my brother have a separate website where we go around and visit theme parks. And we get asked all the time, you can imagine. Yeah. You know, what's your favorite roller coaster? Or what's your favorite? And it, it changes all the time, just kind of based mm. on my mood or just you know what I've ridden recently and things like that. Um, so that's that's kind of where I am. Here. So, why don't we do three, and then maybe at the end of our time together, we could give some honorable mentions, you know, of of some ones that maybe were in the back of our mind that didn't quite make the list. So, okay. So, three favorite anthologies and I'm assuming everybody knows but when we say anthology what we mean is that within a movie within a 90 minute or whatever movie there may be three or four or five little mini movies uh, that kind of stand alone although in a couple of mine even the standalone movies serve a larger whole you know what I mean mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. they're, they're they're interconnected even though they kind of stand alone uh, to themselves which can be a fun and interesting so i'll go first is that okay yeah and then yeah we'll go from you so i'm gonna go here's my number three so my number three this is i you know and the other thing that i'm worried about because i know you i know you pretty well in this kind of stuff i have this feeling you're gonna have like three really obscure cool, <laughs> you know movies that no one's ever heard of and and i'm gonna be the more cheese ball like no, everybody not this in the time world okay uh-huh. okay well because this is that's just kind of the way I am, you know. Sometimes my favorites really are the ones that everybody has seen, but I, I don't. I don't apologize for that. It's just kind of the way it is. So my my number three is. I <laughs> just even saying this, I feel like I'm going to get yelled at by somebody. But my my number three is Creep Show, two. Oh wow! <laughs> part, part two, yeah. Yes. So obviously the original. You know, you obviously wouldn't say the original is usually the best, and probably it is from a, um, I I don't know, directorial or artistic approach, critically acclaimed, those kinds of things. But Creepshow 2 has – have you seen the film? I have. Yeah, I have. Um, 1987 is when it was released, and I was – that was right at the moment. In 1987, I was 11 years old, so – I had just kind of entered into the world of horror movies. I I started watching horror movies when I was eight or nine years old, but really started enjoying them right before my teenage years. And this is one of those movies that I saw on a a VHS tape, you know, on a a tube television – and I was just mesmerized by it. I saw Creepshow 2 before I saw the original Creepshow. So you know this goes back to that. The, sometimes the first thing you experience mm. leaves a stronger impression than you know the, the subsequent one, even if the order is out of whack or whatever. But this movie, I think, just has some really special moments. Uh, for one thing, the the first segment is about this um, this really precious couple that owns this like general store in this. Some southwestern, you know, small little town, and outside of the store, you, you've seen these big like cigar Indian statues sure. or whatever that, is, that are outside of yeah. stores, and you still see these every now and then. And um, he calls him Chief Woodenhead, and so he, he's like really taking care of them, and he's painting them. and and this guy is George Kennedy, and he just he. It's just such a beautiful, touching performance. You know, he's, he's really a. St- he's talking to him. You know, like they're having a conversation, and he's apologizing for not touching up the paint. And uh, George Kennedy is probably most well known recently because of his role in the Naked Gun series with Leslie Nielsen. But he's just so, so appealing in this movie. And then he and his wife—they're just love each other, and they're loving on each other. They've probably been married fifty years. Who knows? And then these, these. You know, hoodlums, thugs come in and uh, essentially kill, end up killing them. Well, <laughs> Chief Woodhead comes alive, man, and, and like finishes putting on the war paint that, that – um, the guy's name was Ray that Ray was putting on him and then goes and tracks these guys down and ultimately kills them. and I, I, I was just like mesmerized as I was watching this movie like this is the greatest revenge thing I have ever seen this wooden Indian cigar thing comes alive and goes and kills these dudes it was the greatest I mean, <laughs>
0: did,
1: does that connect with you at all you know there was something special about that couple I thought it was really, really well done
0: well you know Creepshow 2 Many years after 1987, and Creepshow, the original Creepshow, just really stands in my mind as one of the first scary films that I ever saw. And actually, if I remember this right, my brother, my older brother, saw Creepshow. I forget how old I was. When did Creepshow come out? It must have been…
1: It was 87.
0: Uh, well, no, in the original one, the first all Oh, one.
1: the original. I don't know, 80. 80-
0: a few um, several years ago, four maybe yeah.
1: 82. 82. 82. So, in
0: 1982, I would have been probably in sixth grade or something like that. And my brother, my older brother, saw creep show the, the first one, and was telling me about it. And he just told it to me, you know, telling me the stories and the narratives. And I'm imagining them, and I had nightmares from just hearing someone tell me about the creep show for, you know, creep show, the movie, the first one. Yeah. And then I saw, then I saw it and, and really liked it. And I said, when I saw creep show two, it was much later. And so it didn't maybe have the same effect on me as, as it apparently did for you. I remember it. I remember chief. I remember the wooden Indian guy and, uh, um, but it didn't have no. It did not have the same well, see, effect.
1: <laughs> y- you and I had the exact opposite experience because it was released in eighty seven. I watched it on VHS, so there was who knows. It was probably eighty nine or something like that when yeah. I actually I was writing those that teenage you know right before that and um and it just I it just blew me away. The final one called the Hitchhiker. I mean, they're just all good. There's one called the raft, which is the second one, and this weird thing, and the in this lake is just they, these teenagers swim out to this little raft, and it starts eating people. And it's, there's just some really powerful scenes in there. But then the hitchhiker one was one of the one of the scenes that scared me more than any movie at the time. I can just remember being so terrified by it. Was this guy gets run over by this lady who's having an affair. And he just won't die. And he keeps showing up. (laughs) And he keeps saying, thanks for the ride, lady. (laughs) And he's all beat up and bloodied, and, and he just keeps showing up and keeps showing up. And I was absolutely terrified, but I had to keep watching. You know, it's classic stuff, man. You're just hooked. Um, so anyway, I, it, no doubt about it, this one has a very sentimental connection. Uh, I would be the very first to say Creepshow is the better movie. The original Creepshow is, is probably the better movie. But, you know, it's just one of those times in my life, Creepshow 2 hit me, and it was impactful. And, yeah. and even yeah. I, even when I rewatch it, I still find it to be so, so that's my number three. What say you?
0: You know, it's funny. These are so. You know, when you talk about favorite films or, or films that you really enjoy, it's funny how you kind of went nostalgic, and uh, we don't. You don't really know why some of these movies. Because then, when I go back and look at them later, I'm thinking, you know, maybe that's not that great of a film, but it just really has a place in my in my heart because of mm-hmm. you know when I saw it. And, and that's what this one is what I'm gonna um, tell you is Twilight Zone the movie okay Twilight Zone the movie did you see that one 1983 oh, yeah. okay oh yeah and um, now as a kid I used to watch Twilight Zone reruns I mean obviously I'm not that old you know I didn't see the original but I used to watch Twilight Zone black and white shows late on Saturday night or whenever they were on on TV and loved them you know just loved them And then, so seeing *Twilight Zone* the movie, um, because many of the many of the vignettes are taken from the old TV series, and especially my favorite one, and and one or two of them I think are kind of you know kind of miss the miss the mark, but the one that really stands out in my mind is called *Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet*. And this is based on an original Twilight Zone episode where the guy who is, has fear of flying gets on an airplane and um, he's you know they, they're going up and they get a little turbulence and every little bit every little uh, bump and, and every little sound makes him nervous but he looks out he looks out the window and he sees some gremlin type creature ripping up the engine on the on the wing and of course no one else sees it and whenever he points to it and they look then it's not there and they think he's crazy but there really is a monster on the wing tearing it up and yeah. i think in the movie it has is john lithgow but in my mind i keep going back to the original tv show and it was william shatner yeah so that's that's my number three pick. I, I because of that vignette in, in particular. Just like
1: Yeah, it. it's so good. And you know, Shatner with his over the top acting style anyway, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a perfect role for him. Oh man. And you know, and creep
0: and Twilight Zone, you know, do you remember the beginning?
1: Yeah, and, uh, yes, I do. And isn't in some ways that was almost the best part of the movie? It
0: really Man. was. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, right at the beginning, I think Dan Aykroyd is is, is driving, and he's with a buddy, <laughs> and they you know, and they start to kind of. I think if I remember right, they try to scare each other. They're trying to tell. <laughs> they're telling ghost stories or something, and uh, I think it's Dan Aykroyd who says, "Well, you want to see something really scary. <laughs> He turns and then when he turns back, he's like a werewolf or something. He's some monster and eats his friend. It's just so over the top, but I love it. I love it. That's 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 my number three pick. Twilight Zone, the movie.
1: You know that little scene. Again, that this just this time. You know when I saw it, uh, I was right at that age. That scene with Dan Aykroyd was so impactful to me that I literally. When I see Dan Aykroyd, I don't think Blues Brothers, I don't think Ghostbusters, I think Twilight Zone. When I see Dan Aykroyd, because Great. of how of how powerful that scene was to me, it at the time kind of scary. <laughs> you watch it now, and it's kind of, you think you kind of get a laugh out of it, but it was actually pretty spooky. Yeah, I saw it in the theater, and
0: and you know it it creeped me out,
1: creeped me out. <laughs> Okay, good. Well, I'm feeling good so far because Twilight Zone. That's a very most people know that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to go too obscure. I don't think.
1: Okay, okay. Well, here's my number two, Um, and well, you know, I do want to say this. My number one was a clear cut number one without question, no doubt about it. So from three and two, we're we're up in the air for him. But here's my number two. I'm going with um, the the 1972. um, It's actually a British film. Tells from the Crypt. Oh yeah, and this is, of course, you know, from uh, based off the comics, EC Comics, and most folks are familiar with the television series, Tells from the Crypt. As a matter of fact, I I bet if we surveyed, you know, a hundred people, that you know eighty would think Tells from the Crypt only in terms of the TV series. They probably even know it was a movie, yeah, you know, right. back in seventy two. I think most folks are unaware of that. But what happens here in this movie is that there's like a tourist group and they're walking through these dungeons and caves and stuff and they come across the Crypt Keeper. And it's not the the stone, you know, the the skull thing that we know from the HBO series. It's just a dude <laughs> who has kind of had a, had a cloak on, and what he tells them is, "You're all dead." <laughs> it's like, sorry, but everyone, you know, you're dead. And they're like, "What are you talking about? You know, we're not dead." And so he tells them individually how they all died, and of course, the telling them how they died g- goes to the various vignettes of them dying, which I just thought was was just was just brilliant. He he kind of pulled a you know sixth sense uh, before. The sixth sense was 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 made. You know, they didn't realize they were dead. So, gotcha. But but the the one that's I, I think the one that's the the most creepy to me. There's two. There's two that's most creepy. The first one is um, a woman kills her husband, and it's Joan Collins. And most people know Joan Collins from. Dynasty, right? Remember <laughs> yeah. the television, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which has absolutely nothing to do with horror, but that's right. still the the way that most people. So she kills uh, her husband. It's a, it's it's in his Christmas. Christmas trees up. Christmas music playing, which is always eerie with horror movies for some reason. And she just kills him. And right about the time she kills him, there's a there's a radio announcement that says there's there's a homicidal. Maniac serial killer on the loose, and he's wearing a Santa Claus costume. (laughs) And it just so happens that this guy is right outside her front door, so she can't call the police because if the police come, you know her her dead husband is lying in the the, the bloody carpet. So she just locks the door, barricades all the windows, you know, ties everything up, and gets gets to disposing the body and whatnot. So anyway, it, it ends. It's just so brutal, man, because she can't find her daughter, and she starts panicking. Where, where are you? And she's yelling for you know, and she's like – and so she sees the curtain in front of the front door shaking a little bit, and the daughter pokes her head out and says, Mommy, Mom, you're never going to believe it. Santa Claus did show up, and I let him in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and then he comes busting through the curtain, and, you know, it's it's not good from no, there. So no. It's so it's so so that one was just like oh just get your heart but then the other one you know being pastors this one just just really speak is just so something so emotional about it this lady has a husband and um, they find this little I don't know like a little. Mini statue of some kind that the, the, the legend is if you make a wish to the statue, it'll grant you a wish. So she does, and she says, You know, I, I want to be a millionaire or whatever. And the phone rings, and guess what? You've inherited a fortune. <laughs> and oh my goodness, you know, it works. So the husband goes to collect the fortune, and on the way, he dies. So she says, uh, Okay, my second wish then, I want him to come back to life just like he was before he died. So he came back to life just like he was before he died, but little did she know that he died because of a heart condition. <laughs> so she brings him back to life just how he was, and then he just immediately dies again because it was a heart condition, which is actually pretty humorous. But then here's the part that's, that's just killer. Uh, so they're going through the, the whole funeral process and everything, man. And she's got one wish, and she's like, "I've got to make sure I get this right. I can't screw this up. You know, I, I want to. I want it to be this, this is my last wish." And she says, "Okay, I want my husband. I don't remember what his name was. I want my husband to to come back to life, and so he will. He will never ever die. Live forever. Bring him back to life right now." <laughs> and so. He comes to life in the coffin, and he starts screaming to the top of his lungs, like, I can't take it, I can't take it. So the funeral home guy comes running in and says, what have you done? What have you done? He's got embalming fluid <laughs> going through his veins. It's like it's burning into him. So she goes and grabs this like big sword and tries to kill him, but he won't die because her wish was... That he would live forever. So the implication is he's going to live forever in this eternal torment because of embalming fluid, which of course then points to the ideal of eternal torment. You know, we could go down that road, but it, but it's just a really, you know, you just leave thinking, oh man, that's that's awful. That's, that's brutal. <laughs> Incredible. unbelievable. Uh, that's so that's my number two, Tales from the Crypt.
0: Yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah, I that I, you know I love those British anthologies. Mm-hmm. Um, you, what, do you remember what year that came out? Did you say?
1: It's seventy-two.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I've got one. My next one is um, also a British film, and um, is a little older. Than that, And and I love it partly because of the title. The title of the film is Dr. Terror's House of Horrors.
1: Hmm.
0: Dr. Terror, did you know this one? I don't know. I've not seen this one. Okay, no. okay. Well, this is an Amicus production. Uh, you know, Amicus was like a, a, a company that was um, rival to Hammer Horrors. There was right, Hammer, right. there was Amicus. Well, and of course it stars our... You know who do you who else but Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee? Of
1: course,
0: yeah, yeah. So and it's 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 similar to um, Tales from the Crypt in a way in, in how it starts. Only these guys aren't on a tour in the in the catacombs or whatever. They're on a train. There's a number. There's like five guys and strangers on a train, sort of thing. And they sit down and they're in a car together. And this one guy, creepy guy, I think that's Peter Cushing. Um, is uh, a t- has these tarot cards, and they start to you know talk to one another, and he says he can tell their fortunes, and you know one guy is real skeptical, and one guy is really into it, and, and there's some one guy is kind of the the humorous relief, and as he tells each person's fortune. He tells how they're going to die. And, of course, at the end of the movie, when the train stops, they all get off the train and they are in the afterlife because the train had crashed while they were Mm. on the train. Now, my favorite story, there's two in it. I think there's like five and they're all good. They're all good. But um, one is called The Creeping Vine. And the creeping vine is about a guy basically who gets, you know, it's just like it sounds. There's a, a vine up growing outside of his house that when he tries to cut it with shears, it reacts, it responds, and, and he, he can't kill the thing. He finally starts to look it up and try, you know, what, what is it about? You know, where did this come from? What species is it? And all this sort of thing. And some scientists come and they look at it and they tell him they think it's developing intelligence. And that it is homicidal. <laughs> it's a homicidal vine growing outside his door. And my second, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> do you ever? Do you ever read the? There's an old science fiction horror film, uh, book called Day of the Triffids. This kind of reminds me of that, where mm. it's just the plants kind of come alive. They're intelligent. and They want to kill you. Um, you know when when M Night Shyamalan did that film, The Happening, about. I think that was kind of the same idea wasn't it the natural world was kind of right connecting. that's right it, yeah. I don't feel like that one carried it over but the, but it can be done the second one the second uh, vignette that I remember from that is called voodoo and this is kind of funny one actually because the, there's this guy who's a jazz musician he's in some uh, tribal culture on some sort of expedition and he, gets inspired by listening to some tribal drumming, and he, he adopts the, the rhythm or the tune, and he takes it back to, I think it's New York City or whatever. He goes back to the, the States, and he plays in, this, in, in these jazz clubs and these restaurants, and he's uh, riffing on this tribal tune. And each time he does, something supernatural starts to happen. He, you know, he gets caught in a big wind, I think, and you know, really? he, he sees he sees some kind of a, um, a a guy with a tribal mask come and say, "Don't take our God, you know, whatever crazy name." Uh, his music, and uh, and it doesn't end up well for him either. So the, each one of them is good. I can't I can't uh, uh, summarize them all, but I think that. Dr. Terror's House of Horror is going to have to be my number two.
1: Oh, that's good. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, you'll you know, like the Am- it. Amicus um, is also the company that released Tales from the Crypt. Oh, is and, Okay. Yeah, yeah, and another great one called Asylum,
0: which yes. is really good. Um, yes. Yeah, that was almost on my list, too. Asylum? Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Me Honorable too. mention. Too.
1: That's an honorable mention for sure. But here's my number one. Okay. And um, we, we've, you know, in our podcasting, I've mentioned this film several times now. So you may know, you, you may be tuned into where I'm going to go here for my number one. But my number one horror anthology is from 2007, directed by a guy named Michael Dottery. And the name of the film is Trick or Treat. I knew you were going to pick that. Trick or treat, I yeah. I knew you were going to pick
0: that. Oh man! So I didn't pick it, but I knew that you were going to. It's a great.
1: Have you Have you seen it? Oh yeah, a couple times, several it, okay. times. Yeah, yeah. It's almost a every Halloween, you know, mm-hmm. kind of viewing thing, and not only is it my favorite anthology, but it, it's it's high on my list of just favorite horror films. Period. I I went back and I wrote a review on the Blackest Eyes. Um, several years ago about the movie, and I went back and read it again just to you know kind of see what I said. Yeah. And uh, and what I said then, man, I, I still agree. It's just, there's hardly anything wrong with the movie. It's just so good. So this is one of the ones I was talking about earlier where it so beautifully blends in the, the various vignettes or mini-movies into one big picture, but you don't see really how it all comes together until the very end. So you're following this little dude named Sam who wears a, a, a you know, like a burlap mask and over his face, and he's just a little guy, looks like a little kid. And you 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 walk through these four or five uh, stories, just like what we've been talking about, but every story just seamlessly blends in to the next story, so that at the very end of the movie, characters from all Four. Let's see, how many are there? There's one, two, three, four characters from all four of them. They they coincide together at the end of the movie. Mm. Like all all the characters are kind of in the same place at the same time. It's really neat to see how it works. Um, so I think probably. Let me just describe maybe maybe one of these. I think probably my favorite one, I don't know, man. I don't know which one's my favorite. I really don't know which one's my favorite. I, d- I didn't think about this well enough before we started to, to de- determine which one I wanted to go with. Um, but I think what I'm going to do is go with the one about um, a school bus because this was just so creepy because it involves yeah. kids. Yeah. Kids is always the creep deal, you know? Mm-hmm. And so th- there's th- there's this legend, you know, this, this legend in this town that, these parents had these special needs children who, this is just like so awful, but the parents were just annoyed by them, thought they were, you know, a hindrance to their life or whatever, and really just wanted to get rid of them. So the parents paid this bus driver um, to essentially kill them, like wreck uh, the bus and, and kill the children. So he goes to do that and, um, he, he changed the kids you know, to their seats and so on and so forth. Things kind of get out of control. But anyway, he eventually drives into um, a body of water, a lake, and they all drowned. And so you know, the, the idea is that their ghosts are still there and whatever. Uh, the bus driver escapes, but nobody knows what happened to him or who he was, so on and so forth. And so the story then in the present time is that there's this um, – I don't know. She. I don't. Think, she doesn't really come across as special needs, uh, but she's just kind of a special girl named Rhonda, and she's with these other children, and they take Rhonda to um, this this place where. Supposedly this happened, and they start pretending like they are the ghosts of the children, and they're kind of messing with Rhonda and whatnot. Well, apparently that ticks off the actual ghosts <laughs> <laughs> who who are still in the lake, and so they come up out of the water and start basically uh, haunting and coming after these children who are playing this prank on this Rhonda girl. Rhonda gets in this elevator that goes back up to the top of the cliff, and um, – essentially what happens is as she gets out of the elevator you can hear the other kids and they're being you know eaten alive or whatever by the by the children who came out of the lake but it's just one of those again there's something to be said about revenge stories you know you're, you're rooting for someone the whole time they're, they're kind of getting made fun of or they're getting picked on you know it's kind of the it's kind of the carry thing, you know, mm-hmm. you just feel so sorry for the girl. But then all of a sudden, man, she starts wreaking havoc and you're thinking, well, maybe that went a little too far <laughs> on the whole on the whole revenge. And that's kind of what it is here. You, you don't want to really see these girls get eaten alive. But at the same time, you're like, well, you know. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> but but the movie, the movie as a whole is just so great. It is, so if you've not seen Trick or Treat, I haven't looked lately. Do you know is it on Netflix? Do you know? I I
0: don't know I, I don't know. I don't know if it's on Netflix. I watched it. Last time I watched it was on Halloween, but it might have I might have gotten it on uh, on demand or something. I don't remember how I got it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I originally watched it on Netflix, but you know how that goes, man. Sure, they change sure. It changes so often, so I don't know. But if you can find Trick or Treat, um, definitely watch that one. It's one, of the, it's it's my favorite anthology by far. I'm excited to hear what yours is. Well,
0: I I would have gone with Trick or Treat too. I could have easily gone with Trick or Treat because uh, it is a it's not just a great anthology movie. It's a great movie. It, it's a great horror film, and it, you know it's got so many elements to it that work together really well like you said and that is my favorite vignette you know with the with those kids i just especially or at some point where they're in in like this um in the bus and they're all wearing their halloween masks Mm -hmm. and just they just were scary (laughs) i don't Mm -hmm. know how else to put it it was just really frightening (laughs) creepy okay now i'm almost embarrassed to, to list this as my number one so
1: Oh, right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> no, don't be excited because I don't know. This could be controversial. I'm not sure what you'll think. Um, but I could have gone with trick or treat. But I, I thought, no, I bet Phil goes with trick or treat. Yeah. So I picked VHS.
1: Yeah. Do you well, know I have no problem with that? Okay, okay,
0: yeah. I wasn't sure because it's a found footage kind of you know works with the. F- I've gotten really tired of the found footage whole trope. But
1: yeah. it, but you are a fan, aren't you?
0: I, I yeah, I, I, I have been. Um, you know, it's overdone, but I have been. But I think that, and I've seen the other VHS. I've seen VHS two, and then there was one called VHS Viral, and they each mm, have I've seen that. They, well, they it's it's not that great. Don't go with Viral, but you know, I think they each have maybe one or two. But the first VHS, which came out in two thousand twelve. Um, is probably something that you know our listeners are familiar with they might be aware of it um, it's got some um, good directors and good uh, writers but the one the one in particular I'm gonna I, I don't know I mean there's the first vignette which is I think called amateur night yeah it's called amateur night and these it's these buddies that go out and they're kind of you know prowling for girls and going to the bars do you remember this one? I do. Yeah. yeah, and in some ways, this was very annoying. This, you know, there are a couple of the guys. Were, it, it, I don't know. They just got on my nerves. They're very irritating, but they they come across the girl in the bar, the one girl in the bar, and <laughs> she can't really say much, except for "I like you," and she says it really softly. She's kind of weird looking, and she goes with uh, the guys, and of course, you know, they do what guys do, but she gets revenge. And she surprises everybody. Let's just put it that way. She turns into I don't know what what some kind of a bat monster sort of thing and, and eats them, and takes one of them and is and flies away with them. And it's just is so over the top, so freaky, and so unexpected. I will say that really surprised me when that happened. So I, I got to give them props for that.
1: Yeah, d- does that remind you at all? You remember the the vignette in Trick or Treat? Where the girls, it's not guys, it's girls, they go to I a party. It. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah, Oh, hearing? yeah, yeah.
0: I lost it. just a second. Yeah, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I can hear you. Can all
0: hear right, you. we're good, we're good. So
1: they go to that party and then just yeah. all of a sudden they turn into werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You know, it's a similar kind of whoa, what just happened kind yes, of thing. That was great.
0: That was great too. I like that. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah that, and Anna Paquin, I think, played one of those, uh, one of those girls mm. who is also in True Blood. You know the mm-hmm. series. But the uh, the one that the the vignette on this that creeped me out the well, I don't know if it creeped me out the most because they're all so creepy, but it's called Second
1: Honeymoon. Yeah, man, you know I not- I can I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to listen to you talk about this. <laughs> Why does it scare you? This we did it, it. I don't know what it was about this one, mm. but it really bothered me. Yeah, I it really did. Anyway, go, go ahead. You know, well, no, I, I
0: mean, so it's directed it's directed by Ty West. Okay, and I think I think he might. Is he? The, I think he plays the guy too. I'm not. sure.
1: He does. Okay, <laughs> he, does. he does.
0: He plays the guy. So it's a young couple that are on on their second honeymoon, and they're out in the out in the Southwest U.S. and they're you know going to um, you know various hotels and attractions and and whatever, and they get um, their fortune told by a mechanical fortune teller, kind of like they had in in the movie Big, you know. Mm-hmm. Only, only and this thing says. That uh, that she will soon be reunited with um, with a loved one, and later on, while they're in their hotel, some some creepy person is seen. You know, they see this creepy person kind of spying on them. And I don't know if I should even give it entirely away. You know, this might be one not to completely spoil, but it has a it has a huge twist at the end. It's a little there's a little bit of gore. And it has a huge, unexpected twist at the end of the of the story. Um, I I I don't know what it is, but I think that that one probably freaked me out more than more than anything. W- w- what is it that, that bothers you? Just
1: the, I don't know. The, I I really don't know. It's not that it's all that scary because it's really not. It's not that the twist is so groundbreaking that it. I, I, when I was watching it, I was just disturbed, there was uh, and I can rem- I can remember so clearly thinking, man, this just isn't right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember the scene where the intruder is videotaping themselves Yep. Like. Like what was, man, What was going on there? Like that, just those kinds of things are just really weird. Yeah, really disturbing.
0: Well, you know, you, you and I watch a lot of horror movies, and it's it's not that common for me to get really kind of disturbed by something, right? In, in, a, in a horror film, you know, not just sort of anything will do it. And this did this really. I think it had the the intended effect. I was surprised. I mean, it, it caught me off guard and i i would say i was disturbed by it too but for me it was a disturbed in the kind of ways like wow that's a that's a really cool horror twist
1: i enjoyed the film i'm trying to remember did any of us review it i don't know no we haven't we probably should do that that one point. should,
0: should definitely be in our list yeah yeah uh-huh.
1: i agree that's a that's a really good one i i it's interesting to me that it's your number 1 that that I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, I don't know. I mean,
0: it, you, as we talked about before, the 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 ranking of them was a little bit arbitrary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's my all time favorite, but but I don't know. It it's it's up. It's definitely up there. I would say it's. I I, I think it's a an excellent horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there are parts of it that really are annoying and irritating that are just true of all found footage films for me now, but. Nonetheless, I still think it's a great, great picture. And you know, whenever somebody that I talk to tells me they're into horror films, if they haven't seen this, it's one I recommend.
1: Speaking of found footage, have you seen that? Apparently, they are uh, producing another Blair Witch.
0: No, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, they're going to a sequel, or is it? I mean, is it related to the original cast and?
1: It's a sequel. Yeah, it's a sequel. Because there was yeah.
0: Blair Witch 2.
1: Well, you know, that's what I'm trying to remember. But it wasn't found footage, was, it? No, or was it?
0: it? I don't think it was, and I don't think it was exactly related to the first movie either. I kind of forget. But they're making another one.
1: They're making another one that is, okay. that is definitely a sequel. Okay. Um, and I think, it, you know, I haven't seen, I don't know if there's a... You know a teaser trailer out yet or not for it? But I just saw the headline. I Just saw the headline that came out at Comic Con or whatever about a Blair Witch sequel, which which would be interesting. We've talked about Blair Witch a little bit. I didn't love it, but I found the last yeah you know, ten minutes of the movie to be some of the most terrifying you know <laughs> right things things I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I think the last the last few minutes are. Yeah, like maybe the, one of those moments in all of horror cinema that is memorable, truly, truly memorable.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, just real quickly, are there any honorable mentions that you would want to throw out there? One that I will, that I will say, it's not necessarily that great of a movie. I mean, it's really not. But it, again, it just has that nostalgia value for me is um, Cat's Eye, based yeah. on Stephen King stories. A couple of really neat little things uh, – the ledge, a guy has to walk around uh, the, this ledge, you know, fifteen stories up, whatever, on this penthouse um, because he had been sleeping with this guy's wife or whatever. Now, are and, all
0: these Stephen King
1: Stephen King stories? Yes, I think they're all they Stephen are. King stories. Yeah, right, yes. right, right. Yeah, yeah, and a very young Drew Barrymore. Yes. was there? She around that age of Firestarter, you know, when she did all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that always comes to mind when I think of anthology. And then, you know, i got to mention my boy John Carpenter's Body Bags. He, mm-hmm. It's it's not really that great, but <laughs> just because Carpenter did it, I think, you know, I just want to mention it. And then, by the way, well, I, hang on, I'll ask you about that in a second. And then what was my other one I wanted to do? Oh, Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Black Sabbath is really Mario good, Obama. especially the last one. Uh-huh. The, the, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Italian. And, and the, especially the last... The last vignette of that one. Lady like steals the ring off of a corpse, and then really not good things happen. Kind of, almost similar to the stealing, you know, the, the voodoo The voodoo uh, drum beat. Yeah, yeah. And then mm-hmm. when you replay it, it's not, you know, there, there's some repercussions to that.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. What yeah, about you, know, you? What is
1: well, some, some that you like?
0: Well,. I mean, I like all the ones that we've mentioned, and I don't really have one to add to it, except for I do want to put a little spotlight on one of the vignettes from Cat's Eye that you didn't mention, and that's yeah. Quitters Incorporated with James Woods, mm-hmm. where he's trying to stop smoking, and he goes to this this crazy clinic, and and you know he 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 pays them a bunch of money or whatever, and they guarantee that he's going to be able to he's going to be able to stop smoking. And all these bad things, they do all these bad things to him, and he tries to undo it. And there's one moment where he's trying to sneak a cigarette, and I think he does kind of sneak a cigarette in his car, and in traffic, you know, he stopped at a stoplight or something, and and another car, someone sees him, and you know, I I, I don't want to give a, give a whole bunch of it away, but it's it's to me that's one of Stephen that's Stephen King at his best.
1: Yeah, because when you when you see that he sees him, you know. Yeah, man, it, someone's it's gonna und- die. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not good. And James Woods is always great. You yeah, know, he, he's, <laughs> he's underrated, isn't he? He he's so great. You yeah. know everything he's in, with the exception, I, you know, nobody loves John Carpenter more than me. But man, I vampires. John Carpenter's vampires is one of my most hated movies oh, ever. Yeah, that was fortunately that was James Woods. Well, what's the guy's name? Let me pull it up on Wikipedia real quick. The, the dude who's in the ledge from Cat's Eye. Yeah, I see. okay. I, I, Robert Hayes. Okay, Robert Hayes is the guy who's walking around the ledge. Do you remember what he what he's most famous for?
0: Well, he's. Wasn't he an airplane?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was the pilot, he's the, right? He's St. Striker, man. Okay, like a, he's the only guy that. I mean, he's so typecast in that role, he'll never, you know, he never had a chance to make anything else worth, worth anything. Because you can't see that dude without thinking of that Saturday Night Fever, you know, <laughs> skit where he's out there on the dance floor and does the, you know, with the, <laughs> in the white suit and dancing and everything. Just unbelievable. It's genius. Oh. Yeah, uh, it is. It is. <laughs> well, cool. That was fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Creepshow two, tales from the crypt, and Trick or Treat are mine, and yours were Twilight Zone, Doctor. What was the what was the full name?
0: Doctor. <laughs> Doctor Terrors House of Horrors.
1: House of Horrors, which I've yeah. not seen.
0: So yeah, I need to put that. First. It's yeah, it's worth seeing. And it. And then VHS, yeah.
1: yeah. Very good. Thanks for the input tonight, and we will see you next time on Body Count. Go to theblackesteyes.com, read some reviews, and we'll talk to you soon. See you later, Scott. See ya.